Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another glorious edition, as always, of Modern Day Gladiators, the week of January 16th. Hope you guys have had a glorious week so far. Another just wonderful, rapid-fire edition of Modern Day Gladiators here as we're just going to talk some of the big, big stories going on in the world and a little bit of professional wrestling added in there as well. So buckle in. We're in for a big one, of course, as we have had champions crowned in the world of college football. Of course, the big championship match happening way past New Year's Day, January 13th, which was just insane to have it that late on a Monday, whatever. I mean, the game ended after midnight, for crying out loud, on a Monday, which is not good. People are probably going to still watch. I'm sure the ratings were killer anyway, but my goodness, that's still just too late to do it. I know the NFL has the playoffs going on, so I don't know. Something different, I think, has to be done with that. However, LSU is now your national champions. They're defeating Clemson 42-25. to I believe this is LSU's fourth national championship in their history. So again, the Bayou Bengals getting it done, the Tigers being triumphant, the LSU Tigers beating the Clemson Tigers again at 42-25, to going to 15-0. I think it's apropos that you have... The team on the 150th year of college football that wins the title going 15-0. and Just seems to work out that way. So congratulations to everybody involved with the LSU program. Again, I had Clemson. As you guys know, if you listened, of course, to the podcast with myself and Trey Pack and then a guest of Ryan Shipley on there. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. I was picking Clemson. Just something kept telling me. They're the defending national champions. Brett Venables is going to dial something up for that defense to stop LSU, and they did a good job early. Of course, LSU was pinned back for a lot of that with good special teams work from Clemson, but Joe Burrow was able to get things going and, again, just had a phenomenal performance, one of the best quarterback performances of all time in one year. Again, he was not good. He's not an all-time great quarterback, but he did have one of the best seasons you could possibly have up there with, say, Cam Newton when Auburn won the national title in 2010. So you look at all of that. Joe Burrow is going to be, of course, a Louisiana legend. I mean, in the state, he's never going to have to buy a drink. I loved showing him puffing on a cigar afterwards at the end, so that was pretty damn awesome. And again, it was wonderful to see. He had five total touchdown passes, 463 yards passing, and they're the most for a BCS or college football playoff title game. So that was amazing to see. Also setting a single-season touchdown record with 60 total touchdown passes. And again, you end Clemson's 29-game winning streak and Trevor Lawrence losing for the first time as a starting quarterback with Clemson. So, And Trevor Lawrence, not great the whole time. He had you know, just, just kind of an eh game, 18-37, 234 yards. But again, it, you just see what ended up happening with all of this. It just seemed to be a coronation for LSU season. Just phenomenal the way they were able to make this run and just do 
everything that they were able to do. My hat's off to everybody. Ed Orgeron, again, what just an amazing run he's had as LSU's coach. You look at everybody. Everybody was, of course, making fun of LSU for making the hire and all of those different things because they were like, hey, you couldn't get anybody better because we'd seen Ed Orgeron's record with Ole Miss. Personally, I thought he kind of got jobbed out of an opportunity to be the full-time head coach at USC, but again, hats off to what LSU was able to do and all the top 10 teams at the time that they beat to win this national championship. You go all the way back to early in the season when Texas was still a top 10 team. They beat Texas in Austin. They beat Florida they beat who else did they beat they beat auburn when auburn was in the top 10 of course they beat alabama in tuscaloosa you also they beat georgia in the sec championship game and then they beat oklahoma destroyed them in the semifinal and then beat clemson so you look at everything with this and it makes you wonder is lsu one of the best teams of all time and i do think they're one of the best i'm not one of these people that's just going to crown every team that comes through to be the greatest of all time. I've never been one to do that. If you talk to me, I look back at all the history of everything that's happened. You look at, of course, some of those Nebraska teams when they had those great undefeated seasons or some of the great Oklahoma teams from back in the day. You look at some of those Alabama teams that Bear Bryant coached. You look, of course, I'm going to throw in, say, the 1939 Tennessee Volunteers who held all of their regular season opponents scoreless. You look at one of them as one of the all-time greats. And, of course, I'm going to throw in the 1950 and 51 Tennessee teams. And, of course, 1998, because, again, I have some orange-colored glasses on. So you look at that. Just look at some of the other undefeated teams that Alabama has had under Nick Saban. So you stack all of these up. Is this LSU team one of the best? Absolutely. One of the best individual performances from a quarterback you're ever going to see with what Joe Burrow had. So you see all of that. And yes, they're at the top. They're right there in one of the top 10 greatest teams of all time. But I'm not going to just immediately, because they're the last thing I saw, crown them. It's going to take some time to look at this in a perspective and see where things go from here. Because Clemson's not going away. Clemson had a great season last year and went 15-0. So you look at things like that. And also, you see, Clemson's not going anywhere. Trevor Lawrence, unless he takes some money from maybe the XFL and goes pro that way, Trevor Lawrence is going to come back. Clemson's going to reload. And again, the ACC is much weaker than the ACC. So you're still going to have that. But of course, they're not going to have T. Higgins. They're not going to have some of their other weapons. But I think Clemson's going to be right back near the top and contending for a national championship. While LSU will see where they go because Joe Burrow's not going to be there. And some of their running backs and some of those other things, they're just not going to be around. So we'll see where all of this shakes out. Of course, I just love seeing people prognosticating things going already into 2020. I know we talked about our outlook for Tennessee going into 2020 on last week's podcast, but let's just sit here and enjoy just a crazy and great college football season. And one, of course, they will never forget down in the bayou of Louisiana. Of course, it wouldn't be without some controversy. Of course, there was video that showed up on Twitter. It's since been taken down, but of course, people can still see it elsewhere. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., the Browns wide receiver, and of course, big LSU 
alum. And he was shown handing out money to LSU players on film. Of course, they've come out and said it was fake money. But, of course, Joe Burrow, who, of course, on a, on a podcast said, hey, he's not a student-athlete anymore, so he's not uh, restricted for what he can and can't say. He said it was real money. I, I Again, it's something, again, is it dumb that Odell Beckham Jr. was doing that on camera? Of course it was. But, again, I've just always been one of these people who thinks you should – give them some money anyway off names, images, and likeness. We've talked about that plenty on this fine program. So, again, is it stupid? Yes, and I'm sure the NCAA is going to come down on something. I don't know how much they're going to be able to do. We'll see if they do. Of course, we will report on that here again on this fine podcast program and of course all the other fine podcast programs you can listen to here on outlandermedia.net we've got modern day gladiators here you've got geeks inherited to the earth you've got dlc respawn with ryan shipley and those guys of course you've got Haffle, deadbeat radio scared stupid so many great podcasts and so many more to come 2020 is going to be a big year for us at outlander media and outlandermedia.net and of course wherever you get your fine podcast please those five star reviews are crucial to all the great programs that we have so check that out also just before we wrap up the college football i gotta talk about the north dakota state bison who again have another perfect season ending my goodness it was amazing to see they win their eighth national championship in nine years is what the north dakota bison did just the saturday before the college football championship game between LSU and Clemson. You had this one in the FCS championship game as they intercepted the uh, James Madison quarterback. My goodness, it was amazing to see. It was uh, an interception and North Dakota State winning the game. Just a wonderful one. Had some snow to start, uh, which was weird down in Frisco, Texas. It was just a weird Saturday because in Knoxville, where I am, it was 70 degrees and there was snow coming down in Frisco, Texas. Really weird. But anyway, uh, the Bison were ended, uh, got the win 28-20. to So what a crazy way to go. Of course, you saw the JMU Dukes uh, just in tears, especially the quarterback throwing that interception that would have given them a chance to at least tie the game with a two-point conversion. Couldn't get it done, but they've got 37 games in a row, the North Dakota State Bison do, and they again have won eight national championships in nine years, and they also won five NCAA Division II titles from 1983 to 1990. So again, you talk about great teams and great dynasties. You've got to include what North Dakota State has done at the FCF level in college football. My hat's off to all of them. They've had, I think, three coaches through all of that and a multitude of quarterbacks. And we'll have to see. It's fun to look forward, though, and see, are they going to be able to keep this winning streak going? Because they're going to open the season September 5th against Oregon. So we'll see what happens. Oregon's not going to be as easy as maybe the Kansas State and Iowa State games have been 
in years past that North Dakota State has gone in. They have beaten a ranked team before. They beat Iowa when Iowa was 13th in 2013. So we'll happen to see what happens there. But again, hats off to the Bison. And of course, hats off to LSU as we always congratulate winners here first on Modern Day Gladiators. Let's move real quick into the NFL as of course the divisional playoffs have happened. Of course, they happened over the weekend. My goodness, some great games. When you look at it, not as great as the wild card. Usually the divisional round is some of the most exciting football you're going to see all year. Wasn't really the case when you look at it, but some surprising results and some kind of expected results. The 49ers, my beloved Niners, dominating the Minnesota Vikings 27-10. The Vikings were able to do very little on offense. The only touchdown they had was because just of a bad angle and the defensive back falling down and making a bad judgment on the ball, and that was early in the game. But the Niners moving on to the NFC Championship. And, of course, also on Saturday, the big surprise was the Tennessee Titans, who first went in and won in New England, and now they go into Baltimore, probably the best team all season long and just dominating the Ravens. I mean, my goodness, what a crazy game it was. Just seeing, I just happened to look up and I was like, damn, where did this score come from? When I just happened to be, I was at work during everything, so I couldn't fully watch it on first viewing. And then I look up and I was like, wow, this is amazing what's happening here. So the Titans getting the win and stopping and having Lamar Jackson is now 0-2 in playoffs in his time with Baltimore. So that's going to be some interesting things to see. But again, the Titans are a team that loves to hit you in the mouth, and they will go after you. So what a great performance there by the Tennessee Titans. Again, it was just something that, again, surprising. I was just surprised. I'm still surprised by it when you look at the just everything we're talking about. But Derrick Henry, of course, 30 carries, 195 yards, a bowling ball when it comes to just wrecking people. So those were the Saturday games. Meanwhile, the Sunday games, crazy in their own right. The Chiefs fall into a 24 to nothing hole at home to the Texans, but then rally to win 51-31. to This was just, again, an insane game. Patrick Mahomes, 25 of 35, 321 yards and five touchdowns as they rally. I think they scored, what, seven touchdowns in a row once they finally got things going, and the Texans just weren't able to stop them. So that was an insane game. And then the NFC, the main event really and definitely the best game of the weekend was the Packers-Seahawks game battling up there in Lambeau. The Packers getting it done, ending the Seahawks season 28-23. So that sets up your conference championship games. You are leading off with the AFC title game, the Chiefs versus the Titans. Both of these championship games are rematches from happening in the regular season where the Titans beat the Chiefs 35-32, to but I really just don't see that happening again. It looks like Patrick Mahomes is now just dialed in, and yes, the Titans, they're going to be in these games. As long as Derrick Henry can run the ball and they can just play mistake-free football, the Titans are going to be in it. You've got, I think the line is seven points right now. The Kansas City Chiefs are your favorite at home. I'm going to take the Titans to cover that, but I still have the Chiefs winning that game. You've got the ESPN matchup predictor at 75% for the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs winning, but I think it's going to be more like a 28-24 game. But I do have the Chiefs advancing to their first Super Bowl, I think since Super Bowl four. So it's been a while for Kansas City. 
Meanwhile, you've got the Niners and the Packers. That's just going to be a great game. Again, it's a rematch of what happened Sunday night a few Sundays ago where, my goodness, the 49ers laid it on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers there in San Francisco. Really, Santa Clara is where the the stadium is, 37-8. to That happened back on November 24th. But still, you look at this, the game's not going to be that big of a deficit. Trust me. I, I Again, both to Aaron Rodgers is going to be dialed in. He's ready for this game. He saw what happened. He's not going to let that happen again. And again, this is a championship game. It's not going to be the blowout that happened there in the regular season. But again, the way the Niners are just able to run the ball, they can control things so much with that. And Jimmy Garoppolo has just been just solid as a quarterback and the way the defense is playing they got so many of their injured players back that were out for the end of the regular season that I think the Niners are going to win this game which again it sucks because I've always been a Niners fan my mother grew up in Milwaukee big Packers fan so there's a little house divided there but I'm not going to be so upset if the Packers win I'm still going to root for the Packers in the Super Bowl if they go over my 49ers but, hey, I'd love to see my Niners back. I need them to win a title. They had their shot against the Ravens a few seasons ago, and that didn't. they just weren't able to get it all the way there. They haven't won a title since Super Bowl XXIX when I was a kid, so I'd love to see the Niners get all the way back and win that one. Right now, the spread, 7.5. I still think, again, I've got this one at more of a 31-27 to style game with the Niners winning so I'm gonna go with the underdogs in both of them if I'm betting in there but I'm still going with the home teams getting the win the Chiefs meeting the 49ers gonna be a lot of red in that Miami stadium down there for the Super Bowl at least that's my prediction ESPN has them at a 72 percent chance to get the win there so that's enough football for right now moving on to the big scandal in baseball that has come through where we talked about it a little bit with the sign stealing and how the Astros were using electronics and video to steal signs. Well, Major League Baseball came down kind of hard. You look at it, they suspended uh, the Astros general manager, uh, Jeff uh, Ludenow, and then A.J. Hinch, the manager. They suspended them for a year, but then the Astros just went up and fired both of them. Uh, And again, The investigation by Major League Baseball said that the Astros used a camera-based sign-stealing system during the regular season and the playoffs of winning the World Series in 2017 and part of the 2018 regular season. But again, they've now been fired. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here because with baseball, it's weird because sign-stealing has always been part of the game, but I guess they're drawing the line at electronics. I even remember back in Little League, like say I was on second base and I've got, of course, my teammates up to bat and I've got my lead off. What you would do sometimes, this is just basic stuff too. I'm not flat out stealing signs, but say the catcher moves and takes a step to the left. I take a step to the left just to let the batter know, hey, that's where the catcher's lining up, or I go right to let the batter know that that's where it is, just to kind of give him an idea of at least where the catcher is wanting that pitch to come in. But, I mean, there's been levels of cheating all through Major League Baseball. I mean, that's why you have, like, you know, of course, the the old-fashioned spitball. That's why, unless the temperature is above or below a certain degrees, pitchers can't blow into their hand to keep it warm, or, of course, 
You've got, you know, the nail file for baseball. You've got corked bats, watering the base paths, all these different things that have just been a part of baseball for a long time. And but again, they just apparently they're drawing the line truly at electronics when it comes to that. Of course, also involved in this was the Red Sox manager, Alex Cora, who the Red Sox have decided to part ways with, which essentially is uh, you're fired because they're thinking Alex Cora is going to be suspended as well. They haven't come fully down with that, but he was a part of this scheme. Also, they're saying that new New York Mets manager Carlos Beltran was also part of that because he played for the Astros in 2017, but he was a leader in helping to code signs and all of these things. We'll have to see what happens. Of course, there's been saying that they should vacate the titles. You're not going to do that. These are still professionals, and it hadn't been found out. Don't vacate it. You could put an asterisk by it. To me, it's still hilarious that these guys, for this pure cheating, really, when you look at it, if they deemed it that, the cheating that this was, they're only suspended for a year. Meanwhile, Pete Rose, still not in the Hall of Fame. Yes, I know he bet on baseball, and he bet on his own team. But just like the guys in the steroid era, put him in the Hall of Fame, put an asterisk by it, and just let it lie at this point. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, and I will die on that hill. And, hey, if you disagree, hit me up on the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook page or the Instagram page. Talk to me about it there, or hit me up on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. I would love to debate all that stuff with you, but the fact that these guys only suspended for a year, and yeah, they lost their job, but I'm pretty sure A.J. Hinch is going to get a managerial position somewhere in the years to come, but Pete Rose, the fact that he's still not in the Hall of Fame, to me, is just bubkiss, really, when you look at it. Moving on real quick, a quick Vols and Lady Vols report when it comes to college basketball. The Vols, it's been an interesting season, of course, with Tennessee getting, uh, losing Lamonte Turner, and now they've come back, they had Wisconsin, they got blowed out by Wisconsin, but Tennessee has added some foreign talent mid-season, which is really interesting, but Santiago Vescovi was eligible to play come January, so he was added to the Vols, and then just before the game, before Georgia, that happened last night, uh, we talked about how he was ruled ineligible, but finally, Euros uh, Plavzic from Serbia, the seven-footer, the center that we were expecting to be a big part of this team, was finally deemed eligible on the final appeal that they had took them long enough. Uh, but Euros is now free, as a lot of the students had been chanting for a long time. I think, again, we talked about this earlier in the year, that the NCAA, I thought, was bogus that they did not allow him to play this season, especially because he was also going to lose a year of eligibility. He's lost a half year already. The season's almost halfway done, so that's a kind of a tough pill to swallow, but it's been an interesting season. We'll see. Again, it's weird because usually you're working on your rotation and how players are going to fit in in the first month of the season, but Tennessee has just had so much upheaval. We'll see where it all ends out. The last couple of games that Viscovi has been here to play, Tennessee did win at Missouri and then won a rock fight of a game against South Carolina over the weekend, uh, which has been interesting because South Carolina beat Kentucky at home at the buzzer last night, which was pretty awesome. Always love to see Kentucky lose, so that makes me happy. But then Tennessee, again, was playing at Georgia and lost 80-63. to So it's a tough one there. Tennessee just did not look in sync at all in that game. We'll see if Rick Barnes is able to get this team to rally and find a way 
to work together with all the new things. Vescovi has looked good. He's had some great spots, but he does turn the ball over, I think, a little too much for my sake. But again, he does, did come in midseason. We'll see how it all shapes out. But again, good to have both of these guys playing, and we'll see how much they're able to fill in the void from the loss of Lamonte Turner. Tennessee does have some better games, both winnable games at Vanderbilt on Saturday. Of course, it's always tough to play there in Nashville, but I think Tennessee can get that game. And then they are home against Ole Miss on Tuesday. So both games I think Tennessee can win. And then we'll see what happens is, of course, then next weekend they are in the fog playing Kansas as part of the SEC Big 12 uh, tournament thing that they have there. Meanwhile, the Lady Vols have made some strides, still doing well under Kelly Harper in her first season. They did lose at Kentucky, which is, again, a tough place to play. Kentucky has just been solid for years now. And they look great always in Memorial Coliseum where they play there up in Lexington, losing a tough one, a back and forth affair, 80 to 76. But then they get two wins first at Ole Miss, 84 to 28. Ugh, that was, wow, that was not good, Ole Miss. That's, wow, that, that's, I'm not, that's, that's a tough score when you look at it. I happened to look at that when I first got the, the, the message when I was at work. I was like, ugh, that's not good. And then the Lady Vols, I was actually uh, in the arena for this one, my wife treating me for my birthday to a uh, Lady Vols game as the Lady Vols defeated Georgia 73-56. Looked real good in that one. Of course, the Lady Vols down in Gainesville tonight. Uh, as I'm recording this, taking on Florida, which should be a winnable game. And then they are home against Alabama on Monday, which, again, they should also win. And then the big test, the rivalry finally renewed as the Lady Vols head up to Stores, Connecticut to play UConn next Thursday, a week from today. It's just going to bring back good member berries and everything. So looking forward to to that one. Hopefully everybody has had great college basketball now that that uh, college football is over. It's going to get great going into the month of February. Love college basketball. We'll be talking plenty about that here on Modern Day Gladiators. Just a quick uh, quick sponsorship notes here. Of course, we got to thank as we wrap things up, got to thank Joe Shirt at JoeShirt.com. Has always been a big supporter here of not only Modern Day Gladiators, but all the other great podcasts at Outlander Media. We got to thank them as always. Head over to JoeShirt.com. They've been doing things for over 30 years here in Knoxville. Putting, again, just t-shirt designs, that's great, but you got an idea for a banner or a mug or a cigarette lighter, anything you want to put your logo or your brand on, Joe Shirt can help you out with also Joe Shirt Deluxe. Again, just a great company. We've got great stuff coming from them. Just be ready for that. 2020, I keep saying, a huge year for Outlander Media. And we also got to thank the folks over at Otherworldly Coffee for their great support with Outlander Media. Again, just go to otherworldlycoffee.com. Type in code OUTLANDER in all caps. You're going to get 20% off the great coffee that they have there, including the Wolfman blend, the Bigfoot blend. Just, again, great coffee. Sent some to my sister and her husband for uh, Christmas, and they both loved it. So you got to love that and everything. So, again, thank you to Joe Shirt and Otherworldly Coffee for their continued support here at Outlander Media and Modern Day Gladiators. As we wrap things up, as always, with professional wrestling, my goodness, AEW, a lot of people kept saying in some of the other places, hey, they're going to be just dead after a year. That is not the case. The ratings have continued to be strong 
on TNT and TNT's been so happy with Dynamite that they have now extended the contract with All Elite Wrestling through 2023. So that's just going to be great that the TV deal has been extended. That's wonderful to see because, again, we've talked about this plenty on this show. It's great to have this competition. I love it. It's going to bring out the best, I really think, in both as you try and get more creative. So I'm happy about that. And they're also wanting a secondary program on the Turner Networks. So what I think they're going to do, and it's pretty much been confirmed, that they're going to have AEW Dark, which has been their YouTube show which they show all the dark matches from the previous week. Like, just what happened, uh, AEW was in Memphis last week, or the Memphis area, and of course they had the main show on Dynamite, but then all the dark matches that aren't televised, uh, they're just there for the benefit of the crowd in attendance. They're broadcasting them. Uh, They show them the week later. So last Tuesday... On YouTube, they had all the dark matches, and then they, of course, talk about stuff coming the week ahead and all those other things. It's a great show that they've got on YouTube, really crisp, well done. Now it looks like they're going to put that on TV as well. So, hey, make your money where you can. So hats off to everybody involved with the Khan family and the executives at Turner. Seeing, again, great professional wrestling is on TNT. It's been great to see. And, again, hopefully this brings out the best in the WWE. So I'm not just sitting here every week complaining about how terrible the WWE stuff has been. So we'll see where it all ends up because the Royal Rumble is coming up. We'll talk plenty about the Royal Rumble uh, next week as we preview that. But until next week, I'm out of here. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful one. Go Vols. Enjoy the playoffs. Too sweet. Love you. See you next time.